listening to On the Couch with Carly. Carly's Couch is a safe space to talk. I'm a psychologist, but I'm not your pipe-smoking, tweed-wearing stereotype. Hello, and welcome back to On the Couch with Carly. So today I want to talk about a bit of a heavy subject. Um, But I think it's necessary because I have been hinting at it in all the episodes thus far. And I think it deserves its own episode. There are lots of people who are living through pregnancy loss. Pregnancy loss, miscarriage, and also the devastating loss of stillbirth or neonatal loss. So when babies are born and, and then later die. So it's a a big topic and I thought I would just speak to it today simply from a psychological perspective, looking at what might be some of the themes that you encounter when you experience these kinds of losses and what we can do to support people who experience these kinds of losses. Um, I think my last episode spoke to the idea that there are ways to talk to people about their experiences that are beneficial or less harmful or more constructive than others. And I think loss is one of those things that we struggle with generally as a culture. I think we don't know what to do with it. I recently listened to an amazing podcast on the Iway, the Jamila Jamil's Iway podcast, um, when they spoke about how to talk to people about loss, and it really inspired me. So I'm going to speak much to those themes as well. But let's just kind of start with the definitions of it. So when we talk about pregnancy loss, when we talk about... um, I guess loss of a baby, uh, there's various ways that this can occur. So I also want to include the topic of abortion. Um, There's a lot about abortion in the media and I guess there is this schism around, you know, I guess right-wing, left-wing politics and what women should be allowed to do with their bodies and I just want you to know that there is no debate in my mind that women should have full autonomy of their bodies and no one should be able to make decisions about a woman's body um, other than herself and I think that's not even I'm not even going into that right There's, that's not up for debate I'm pro-choice all the way don't at me. (laughs) Um, But even if you're pro-choice and even if you choose to have an abortion for really good reasons that are good for you, right? There can be so many reasons to have an abortion. Anything from being with a partner who's not a fit father or not having a partner to raise a child with 
or not being able to financially support a child or not being able to not being able to emotionally support a child not being ready for parenthood not wanting to be a parent um, or there's a whole range of medical reasons maybe the fetus isn't viable maybe um, you know of a genetic disorder that, that that is in your family and this child is carrying that genetic disorder maybe you've got a physical condition that pregnancy creates a, a risk to your health there are so many reasons there's also the devastating reason that a baby has died or an embryo or fetus has died inside of your body and you have to get rid of it somehow and that would require the same methods as an abortion so I just want to acknowledge that no matter what your reasons for getting an abortion and of course the ones that we think about when we think about pregnancy loss are these, these this, latter, this latter category where it's about actually you want a baby but the pregnancy isn't viable for whatever reason and then you have to choose to have an abortion to get rid of the, the cells that are in your body so that you don't get an infection. But whatever reason you, you have for choosing to terminate a pregnancy or having a pregnancy terminate, it is. it doesn't mean that you're not going to experience loss. I mean, a lot of people do discuss their abortions and say it was the best decision they made and they feel really good about the decision. And that's absolutely fine. You can feel good about the decision. You can be really sure it's the best decision for you and your family and your even your future unborn child but that doesn't mean that you're not going to also experience loss and I think that's really important so for example if you really want a baby but you know it's not the right time for you there's a part of you that has to mourn that experience you have to mourn the fact that you might not be in the right place in your life or have the right circumstances or support structures around you to be able to actually be a parent and and so that is a loss that is that is something that you might need to grieve and if it's been um, something that you have to do because you are sadly in a situation that you you can't raise a child even though you really really want to um, that would also be really devastating. So let's just acknowledge that even though women have absolutely every right to take that decision, it doesn't mean that it isn't hard and that it isn't complex and it doesn't involve emotions that are valid. You know. So if you've experienced that, know that if you had a tough time coming to terms with that, if, you, if it took a while for you to get it out your mind or to come to terms with it or to stop dreaming about it or thinking about it or feeling pain about it, that that's okay and understandable. And it does take time. These things take time. And they deserve to be thought about. They deserve to be processed. Um, I'm going to get into it in a little while, what, what I recommend for processing grief. In addition, if you've had to terminate a, pre terminate a pregnancy because 
it wasn't a viable pregnancy or there was something wrong, that's a whole other thing, right? Like you have the means to have a baby, you're in a supportive structure, you're wanting a baby, and for some reason it isn't a viable pregnancy. That's a very devastating experience. We spoke about it in the beginning, I think it was episode two, we spoke about this, the terror and the, and the, the fear of actually admitting to wanting something. Like once you've decided you want something and you've told yourself, okay, this is what I want, it really makes you quite vulnerable because it opens you up to the possibilities that you might not get what you want. And that is difficult. It's a difficult experience. So I just want to acknowledge that it's a very, very painful thing. And it is loss. Don't kid yourself. Don't, don't minimize it. Don't deny it, the experience. Yes, it's common. And that is the truth. Miscarriage is common. It happens a lot. But just because it's common, just because it might be something that you even expected or knew was a possibility, doesn't mean that it doesn't affect you emotionally. Loss is loss. And loss can be symbolic. It's not about the baby that you've lost necessarily, because at that point there isn't a baby. It's just a collection of cells, you know, it's not necessarily a baby. Obviously, later on, if there's pregnancy loss and it's more fully formed, it's a lot more traumatic, I think, because it's more of a baby. But it doesn't mean that when it's just a collection of cells that it isn't traumatic. Because what it is, is it's an idea of a baby. It's the dream of a baby. And when we lose our dreams when we have to grieve our dreams it hurts it hurts really hard it's 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 painful so i just want to talk about that and just demonstrate that you are not alone if you feel super devastated about a pregnancy loss it is devastating super hard and it's hard because it's also isolating who do you talk to about it it's not something that we commonly talk about it's difficult to talk about people tend to say really awkward and unhelpful things it's a it's a confusing place to be in I'm going to just carry on giving you a few other examples of, of the types of people that I'm thinking about when I give you these suggestions. So we've talked about abortion. We've talked about miscarriage. There's also devastating loss that occurs in later pregnancy. I mean, I think all of us are sort of aware that the first three months are the most vulnerable for miscarriage. It's also the time when the baby's developing and at the 13-week scan, you can usually see the big abnormalities 
that we know of, like Down syndrome. But there can be things that occur later on in the pregnancy that result in loss. All sorts of things can go wrong. I'm not going to go into what those might be. I don't think it's necessary to freak anyone out about what or all the possibilities of what could go wrong. But let me tell you, there are a lot of things that can go wrong. Um, but there is something really, really devastating about carrying a baby, having pregnancy symptoms. Um, you know, your, your breasts change, they feel painful and bigger and your you might have nausea, you might have a baby bump already, you, you might, you, you know, you'll, you'll be experiencing pregnancy. You might have already stopped, well, you should have already stopped drinking and taking drugs and looking after your health and taking vitamins and, you know, doing all the things. And to lose a baby at that point is incredibly hard. Um, and this can, this can really be devastating because you've now seemingly got through the hardest part, which is the first three months. You seem, you seem to have gotten the all clear and then something else happens. And it's, it's unlikely. It's a, it's a rare thing. It doesn't happen as often as the pregnancy lasts in the first three months, but it can happen. And if it does happen, it's absolutely brutal passing a baby like birthing a baby essentially who's dead or who died later dies is it must be one of the hardest experiences there is i think and your body takes a, a while to get the message that you're no longer pregnant so there's all these symptoms all these um, experiences in your body that will remind you of the loss which I think is so so hard and the idea of stillbirths for example where someone carries that baby for you know 40 weeks plus or minus and then right at the end the baby you know you go through the labor everything labor pains and right at the end the baby gets born and doesn't survive it's devastating and the saddest thing about these events is that moms will still be producing milk with no baby to feed and their bodies will still be recovering from birth I mean anyone who's had a baby knows that it's absolutely like a hormonal shit show I mean you really it's a roller coaster of emotions and you know, the hormones are so out of whack after you, after you deliver a baby and, and your body has to recover and, and resettle. Um, and it takes a long time. And you're going through all of that without a baby. So it's almost unimaginable, that kind of devastating loss. And yet women are going through this. People are experiencing this. And it is so hard and 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 then of course there's the later deaths that occur maybe you have a prem baby it's in the NICU you you're there every day it's in its incubator you're praying for it 
and it doesn't make it, you know. And you've had this baby, you've known this baby, you've named this baby, and and you and you have to lose the baby. So it's 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 really 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 important to just recognize that whatever stage or whatever way this occurs you know if it's happening really early on in the pregnancy if it's a chosen abortion if it's a miscarriage if it's a stillbirth if it's a, a loss that happens after baby's born i'm not saying all of these things are equal i think you can't talk about loss in that way. You can't compare one loss to another, one tragedy to another. But I just want you to know that there is loss involved in all of those experiences. And if you feel grief, that it's normal. You will feel grief. Grief is the normal human response to loss. So what do we do with grief? What do we do when we experience loss? I think the most important thing we can do is to know that it is going to be fucking terrible. There's no two ways about it. There's no sugarcoating it. There's no positive thinking your way through it. I I don't think anything like that is at all helpful, right? It's catastrophic. It can be catastrophic. It can be devastating. It can be annihilating, persecuting where it actually makes you feel like you've like you dis, like you discombobulated as a person like it like you like almost like you fragment as a person and that's okay it's okay for it to be so devastating um we need to look at the experience of loss as a process to know that it is not something that is linear. It's not something that um, follows the same course for every person. I think that's what makes it super hard is that everybody has their own individual response to loss and it might be very different from the person that you know who's experienced such a similar loss. Everybody experiences it differently. Everybody makes sense of it differently. So there's no one-size-fits-all approach. There's no one-size-fits-all process or journey, but you're on this journey and it's a bumpy ride. And the, the best advice that I can give you is to be with the feelings. As hard as that is, to truly stay in your experience, to honor your emotions your your survival strategies actually you know what you do to survive the pain what you do to um, process the pain you know I think there's a few that I can share now that will be helpful that I think everybody who's experienced loss can benefit from okay number one is the basic acknowledgement of how you're feeling okay surround yourself with people who ask you how you're feeling but not in that way where they don't really want to know but just people who you truly feel want to speak to you about what's going on people who ask you and listen people who ask you and then stay with you in your experience they don't tell you what to feel or how to change how you're feeling 
And you need to do that for yourself as well. You need to track your own mind and your own emotions and give yourself permission to be with whatever comes up. I find that writing things down, journaling, is really, really helpful. It might feel like a word vomit, you know, like a like just a train of consciousness that doesn't make any sense. That's fine. It doesn't have to make sense. You're not writing a book. You're just giving a chance for the internal experience to be externalized. And that process is beneficial. It's a really, really important part of it is to try to provide an opportunity for the experience internally to be seen and known. I also think that rituals help. Um, you know, I think there's a reason why most religions have specific rituals around death and mourning. And I think if you're not religious or spiritual, then you need to find your own practices that feel meaningful to you and feel like um, like they like they I guess memorialize or signify the importance of the loss so whether it is lighting a candle and saying a few words to yourself or whether it is planting a tree or whether it is, um, I don't know, walking on the beach and as you walk doing some kind of movement meditation where you create some sort of mantra like, you know, every step I take is a step towards healing, for example, you know, we can be creative with these things. They they're yours to do what you feel right for. Some people make things, you know, make jewelry or artworks or, I don't know, scrapbooks, Pinterest boards. It doesn't matter. The idea is that you're, you're not choosing to deny. You're not choosing to hide away the parts of you that are hurting and the parts of you that feel lost. And in some ways, you're not denying this being that was significant to you for however long it was in your life, or in your consciousness, or in your imagination even. You know, I think that's another thing to acknowledge, is that you might not even be pregnant. You might just be someone who can't fall pregnant, who has infertility. There's still loss involved in that because there's, there is a baby in your imagination that you keep losing each month to get your period. You know, I think that's how deep this loss experience goes, is that it's not always necessarily a physical loss where someone has been around and is now, is now no longer around. So that's why I just wanted to talk about this, because I think we don't say that, you know, we don't say that to people, that that loss could be losing a dream. Loss can be losing a hope for something. 
and that all of that is worth processing. Okay, so I think those tools are useful. I think that in some cases, it is helpful to talk to other people who have experienced similar losses to you. Not always, sometimes it can be triggering, but there are amazing resources um, for particular experiences like support groups for people who experience stillbirths, for example, where everybody experienced the same thing at the same time and everybody gets to share with each other and comfort each other. And I do think that it helps to speak to people who've experienced things that are similar to you. So long as those people give you space to experience it in your way. Like we might all experience the same event, but we experience it differently. So just watch out for people that dictate to you that there's a certain way to feel about something. Then, of course, I highly recommend counseling or therapy. We sometimes dismiss things and say, oh, it's not such a big deal. It's just, you know, so every day, like, I don't, it would be self-indulgent to go and get help for this. You know, it's such a silly thing. There's so many bigger problems in the world. I'm just so lucky, you know. I really want to caution against that. This isn't something we need to compare ourselves to others around. You will know you're experiencing loss and grief when you are feeling sad and tearful when you are feeling that your mind keeps on coming back to the event that has caused the loss you will feel you you will know that you're experiencing loss when your body feels different to you when you feel uncomfortable or dysregulated in any way it could result in appetite changes, sleep disturbance. Typically, a lot of the depressed, depressive symptoms are there is some overlap with, with grief and loss. So, loss of interest, sort of maybe wanting to stay in bed, not be a part of life anymore, struggling to enjoy events and activities that you used to enjoy, wanting to retreat. Um, all of those are symptoms of depression, but when you know that you've experienced loss, please just connect that, you know, show yourself that it, that it makes sense that you'll be feeling this right now and seek help for it. It's so worthwhile to have a space to reflect on what you're experiencing. And with a trained professional in particular, you get a neutral environment in which to express your yourself. You, you know, you don't have family members who are trying to make you feel better. You don't have friends who are trying to cheer you up. You, you're with someone who's there to really hold space for that experience and who doesn't know you or have any vested interests in you beyond that, that connection that you have with them as a therapist. So I highly recommend seeking counseling and grief processes are as long as they're as they are right like it's you know how long is a piece of strings type of situation some can take 
a really long time, you know, and don't judge yourself for that. Like, don't ever look back and say, oh, my gosh, it's been three months and I'm still so devastated. Or, oh, my gosh, it's been a year and I'm still so devastated. These things are actually much more complex than we know. And everybody has such an individual response. So just understand that however long it takes, it's going to take. There are other people who need only a few sessions and by the end of the few, those sessions, they feel much better. They feel they can carry on with life. You don't have to get over loss. You don't have to get to a point where it doesn't bother you. That's not the sign of healing. The sign of healing, I think, for loss is that it becomes part of your autobiographical memory it becomes part of your story you integrate it into who you are and the story of your life you don't have to stop hurting in order to be healed you don't have to stop mourning in order to be healed for anyone who's lost a partner a parent a sibling a child that pain doesn't go away you don't stop loving that person And I think that's a really interesting point is that the process of grief is also a reflection of your capacity for love. It's also your, it's also a reflection of your capacity for desire, what you wanted that is no longer. So to deny the loss is also to deny how much you loved or how much you wanted. So just keep that in mind, that part of the grief is the honoring of the love and the desire. It is the way we pay tribute to that which we truly love and want. So to deny it is to deny what we love and want. So why would we do that? So it's not about denying it. It's not about getting to a point where we say, I'm done with it. I'm done feeling this way. What we do want though is we want the feelings to be less catastrophic to our sense of self. We want those experiences to be something that we can speak about in a way that feels okay, okay enough, part of us, part of our story and not something that totally derails us and makes functioning impossible and if you have had an experience of loss that is what I wish for you I wish for you that you find the way to process it the way to love yourself through this experience the way to honor your experience and honor all that it brings up for you because what happens with loss is that one loss also tends to bring up other losses and we tend to start being in touch with grief that we felt around an event or experience that we haven't been thinking about from before so just be aware of that Um, and I wish for you that you honor it all and that eventually you get through it to a point where you hold it inside of you lightly that's 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 the best that we can ask for that it is part of you 
that it stays within you and that you hold it lightly you hold it to you hold it as part of your story you carry it with you as part of who you are in a way that doesn't drown you doesn't drag you down to such a degree that you can't move freely through the world and that's that's about as good as it gets you will laugh again you will love you will find joy all of these things are possible experiencing a devastating loss does not mean you cannot be present to the joys of life again and i think those are the important signs to look for when you have been experiencing a loss that simple things like really enjoying a sunset or cackling on the phone with your best friend or i don't know feeling inspired by something you watch or something you read it may be the glimmers of hope that you feel about a future that you do want and see yourself pulling towards yourself these are the markers of recovery and healing if you've experienced a loss my thoughts are with you it is devastating and you're not alone thanks for listening today take care Thank you.